Which role sure. would you cast Ray Fiennes in in your theater's production of A Christmas Carol? I mean, assuming I would, that Scrooge I would is like... full, that role right? I mean, this is the, like I think Ray Fiennes would give a great Scrooge. Like he seems he's a natural Scrooge. Like, yeah, he's a British and sure. uh, imposing. Um, so I guess I would ha- like. I guess I'd want him as like Marley or whatever, right? Like like mm-hmm. one of the, one of the spookier ghosts. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because he, you know, he's he can be a real, uh-huh. uh, a real scary guy. Yeah. When he wants true. to, you should play Tiny mm-hmm. Tim. I mean, certainly there is the temptation, yes, to cast him as Tiny Tim, which I'm sure he would do a great job at. Honestly, he should do a, a one man Christmas Carol. Like there's. There's one mm-hmm. happening on Broadway right now with um, uh, Jefferson Mays, uh, who's uh, famous for playing multiple roles in, in many shows, including A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. Mm-hmm. But um, and I've I've seen a one man Christmas Carol at, uh, at the 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 thir- first theater I had an apprenticeship at, the only theater center da- down near you, Jesse. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, local uh, DC theater legend Paul Morella does a one man Christmas Carol that is really good, mm-hmm. where he just like. It's really a lot of the original like novella language that he uses, Ooh, yeah, which is really nice. cool. Um, but yeah, I like I like a one man Christmas Carol, and I think Ray Fiennes would do a good one. Yeah, um, it's like it seems so foreign to me the idea of just like Pat grab the family, we're going to the theater to see a Christmas Carol near Christmas. It's like such a like. That's the sort of thing it's, that in my mind only exists in like bad Hallmark movies. Or like it's it. crazy. I mean, it is like, it's such a different audience from like who our usual audience is at the theater. Uh-huh. Like, it is like, our, we obviously like subscribers can get a discount and many of them take advantage, but like, it is primarily like families who come to see a Christmas Carol every year mm-hmm. and do not see other theater right like this uh, is the thing is part of their christmas tradition yeah like it happens here like it happens at the only and i'm aware now that it happens at the only because i keep track of their uh just like what their calendar for the year is uh yeah but it is also very foreign to me when i started noticing there are places that just do a christmas carol every year i was like huh that's interesting i mean it's like we were talking before we started recording about how Obviously, the Nutcracker will just take a theater for every December. Yeah, uh, I get doing it, it, but it having like it being like a like a cultural nexus enough to where uh-huh. it would like be selling out theaters for like weeks, <laughs> sure. a week and a half is what is crazy. Yeah, to well, me. sure. Like, I well, like I don't know. Yeah. Do you have weekday matinees for school groups? There's, yeah, 1030 matinees, and they're, like, uh-huh. all of them are very full, and there's a uh-huh. wait list for, like, all the school groups when it comes to Christmas Carol. Um, yeah. And, I mean, it is a little easier, because it's, like, the only show we do, can we do usually that, like, is a, even appropriate for, like, middle schoolers or whatever. Right. So, like, there's a little bit of a wider range, but, like, it is a little bit tougher to get folks to come to, like, something that they're not quite as familiar with. Um, yeah. Uh, even as a school group is an educational opportunity, which is, you know 
it's not not wouldn't be my preference if I had the say in how the world was set up. But yeah, um, you know, I, I I'm certainly happy for the business and the job security. Mm-hmm. Welcome, Welcome to, to Can, can I, I Kick, kick It. it. <laughs> yep, this is a podcast. Welcome about, to Can I Kick It? Yeah, a podcast about <laughs> film festivals. My name is Jesse Catherine Weber, and I'm joined by uh, your your Scrooge for the year, Andy Garbiga. No, I'm not a Scrooge. I love Christmas. No. Emilio Diaz, the Grinch. Ooh. That I feel like that would be fun if a theater was like. I, I don't know, I would imagine there is some existing, pro- not to keep this conversation going, I would imagine sure. there is some extant dis- uh, production of the Grinch. We don't have like 50 movies to talk about, yeah. it's fine. Yeah, we'll, uh, you're, yeah, you're, we'll, we'll there figure is a... out our yearly Grinch production at a later time. Uh, so There's we... a Grinch musical, as you might recall, Matthew Morrison was the Grinch a, a of year course. or two ago. But I don't, I don't want this to be a musical. Anyway, um... Sure. A little later, we'll be joined by our co-host, Colin Ashley. We'll do yes. our final uh, donor's choice of the year, talking about Guy Madden's My Winnipeg. That's right. Very exciting. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a, a fun, fun conversation. Movie. Yep. In the can. Uh-huh. Perhaps already recorded, as we were yeah. discussing this news. That's right. But right now, we're talking about the Sundance lineup, because it's out. Uh, most of it. That's right. The, the feature films basically are out. They, I think what is left is uh, the episodic work and the shorts. Everything else seems to be in this lineup. Right. Uh, and usually they'll throw on like one or two features late. Uh, yeah, but... there's a, there is there's a section that's like special screenings or something on the website that's not populated right now, and they've also had like full surprise screenings. In the past, right. That's right. Get out. Like last year, they had like Navalny got added late. Right, Um, that got added late. They did like Jupiter uh, Ascending once, which is very strange. Right, that was the surprise screening, which I think was a huge mistake. Famous, probably. Yeah, (laughs) it was not the crowd to to receive that movie warmly. But yeah, I think you know. I I would imagine we've all poured through this lineup to different degrees. I think we are just going to go through the sections and talk about them a little bit and then maybe we can see if through that we come to any conclusions about yeah what the festival looks like this year that those sections of course are pretty much the normal sections there's one slight adjustment right. that we'll talk about uh so the the four competitions they've had for a while are the u.s dramatic and documentary and the world dramatic and documentary and then next, right. which is uh, started as a non-competitive section, uh, but became competitive within the last, maybe even since the start of COVID, uh, that I believe is just like a single juror gives an award to a single movie now. Uh, and then the non-competitive sure. section, uh, which that has just sort of, you know, the whole festival has sort of always been like a, this is emerging filmmakers, but next I think is like even more emerging and like also often right. weird movies, right. Uh, right. slightly more challenging perhaps. Yeah, or just like even more like uh, if you're like old person who likes to go to 
uh, Utah and go skiing, uh, maybe this is not the thing you get a ticket for. Uh, and then, so then non-competitively, there's the midnight section, was a mid, which is a midnight section, the premieres, uh, which is the, like, movies for more established directors who just are, like, have, you often have right. premiered Right, want to give it a come. festival launch, right? Right, and, like, <laughs> often it's directors will graduate from, they'll play a movie or two in competition, and then if they remain in that sort of sundancy indie world then their movies will start showing up in premieres you know in past years sure. like uh kelly reichard or kind of Lonergan or you know not not even necessarily directors of that stature but sometimes uh sure. and then the new frontier which that is the one that is changed which is i think right it's got it sounds like it's gone back to what it maybe was years ago, which I think it sounds like there was a point at which it was like, this is like a section for like actually experimental films, like beyond what next is. Uh, and then over the last few years, it's transitioned into being like, uh, virtual reality, new media. Sometimes there are things that are closer to being a movie, but like, like I feel like, feel like they've showed work from Kirsten Johnson in New- maybe even camera person was in New Frontier but oh, like really? yeah but like this year it is just three uh yes. mid yeah uh, one of them's mid length and two features uh that we'll talk about right and I, then and I, you know, yeah yeah I remember New Frontiers especially it was like that was the thing that was like available worldwide and anyone could like see it right. like just buy yes. like a cheap pass to like get all of yes. New Frontiers. It, like, was, it like, was like yeah, in the past it was like New Frontier, the episodic and the shorts. Now it's just the episodic and the shorts cuz they're back to having movies in New Frontier. Yeah. Uh and so then there's that and then there is the spotlight section which is a pretty small section that is just holdovers from previous festivals. Uh there's right. a kids section which every once in a while there'll be a director who you're like oh i guess that director made a movie for kids like i think they had a james ponsult movie last year and then from the collections just a couple of uh uh retrospective screenings of old sundance titles so i love the i love the kids section i wish more film festivals had a prominent kids section mm, i think that's great tiff has the like new wave that's like it's unclear right. what the age group and it's also just mo- movies from other sections that have right been they'll do like a, sp- a few movies with like a special tag that's like yeah. this one's okay for kids or whatever yeah which like obviously sometimes that movie will be small foot but sure often i think it's more of like eh, you could like bring a teenager to this right uh so yeah i think just going through Shout out things that, you know, uh, as is often the case, starting with the U.S. dramatic competition, uh, many of these movies have an actor who you're like, oh, that's interesting in it. And then for sure, uh, everything else is like, I don't I don't know anything about that. But I, maybe, it'll be, you know, a few of those end up being good. Uh, one that is not that is uh, All Dirt Roads Taste of Salt. Uh, which is an A24 film, 
uh, produced by Barry Jenkins. Uh, this is the feature debut mm-hmm. of writer-director Raven Jackson. Uh, so that is, like, one of the kind of things that, without having a famous actor in it, will, like, come into the festival with some buzz. Uh, that, sure, you know, yeah. Moses I'm Ingram sure. was uh, was in Obi-Wan. And also, right, uh, okay. So, yeah. Um, chess show, of course. Oh, uh, um, sure. But and of she course, didn't have a big part. Yeah. And, of course, Barry Jenkins is just coming off having produced After Sun, so that is starting right. to look like it might be a, a particularly productive area for him while yeah. he's uh, busy with the thing he's doing. Um, sure. Let's see. Uh, yeah, Alden Ehrenreich. Yeah, he's got a thing mounting his comeback. Tied. He's got this and Cocaine Bear both coming yeah. out. Uh, of course, he. Airplay of course, of you might think that he's coming back from Solo. No, no, he's coming back no, from no. Brave New World. Brave New World on Peacock, canceled after one season. Uh-huh. Uh huh. A launch title. Um. Lily Gladstone, yeah, in a that's movie, also uh, exciting. With yeah. Shea Wiggum, right? Um, yes. Which has got like a, it's got a little bit of. A, it's called Fancy Dance. It's got a fun. I, right. I following her up... sister's disappearance. Yeah. Uh, Native American hustler kidnaps her niece from the child's white grandparents, which I think sounds fun. Yes, and I, I looked up the director on that one just because I do like Lily Gladstone and uh, Erica Tremblay, who also co-wrote the movie. Uh, I think has done some. Uh, documentary work as a director, but it was is also involved in Reservation Dogs. Has like a story editor credit on at least some of that. Sure, that kind of thing. Uh, another that one that, that's yeah, a great show. Another one that's another uh, director that I don't know, but has uh, two prominent producers on it: uh, Jennifer Fox and Dan Gilroy, and then a number of actors, including lead uh, Jonathan Majors. Uh, magazine dreams about an amateur bodybuilder. A lot of bodybuilder movies, I guess. The I yeah, Jonathan Majors in his I I am buff face. Right, I guess, yeah. I mean, with, he's also, well, I mean like yeah. if you're gonna get buff, you might as well just like you know, right. like, knock out a couple a of buff it. movies. Yeah. Right, I mean yeah. presumably <laughs> that yeah, presumably I mean he might just have to be buff for a little while because he's doing superhero stuff. He's all in on that for a while. Sure. I guess I, I think I, I Ken's a little more intellectual from my impression sure. of what we've seen so far, but, but I'm like, not sure. You know, uh Ant-Man's relatively intellectual, and Paul Rudd's still got to be buff. So. Sure, Paul Rudd, right? He's got to have the shirtless shot. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. um it, it, that movie's from Elijah Bynum, who seems who it seems to be the director of a twenty-four hit Hot Summer Night. Okay. Okay. You'll remember Hot, hot Summer of Night. Of course. Right? I do not. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Timothy Chalamet. Like, Timothy Chalamet oh, sells wow. weed. The, in the summer in the 80s? I think that's what Hot Summer okay. Night is. Uh, wow, a non-existent uh-huh. Timothy Chalamet movie. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it, it. I don't know if it premiered at Sundance or, like, maybe even, like, South by Southwest. It was what... It might... I think it was one of the, like, direct TV uh, A24 sure. things. Yeah, where, like, slightly... South by Southwest. Okay, yeah. Sure. Where, like, okay. slightly yeah. more people than saw those movies saw it because it was him 
And it is, like, I, is it, like, 2018, so it's after the big year? Or might it, yeah. The, yeah. The, yeah, 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 it's 2018. It, it did yeah. South by in 2017 and then came out right. like, in two yes. months later. So they waited until he was a guy, and then people were like, um, Timothy Chalamet, Micah Monroe, William Fickner, Emery Cohen. There's people in that movie. Yeah. Wow, smash his own Emery Cohen. <laughs> it, is, it is also, I'm now noticing, because it's only on two pages, it's a small U.S. dramatic competition. It's only 12 movies, which perhaps is because all of the competitive sections, all of those movies are available online. Well, uh, what is it usually... I feel like it's been like ten the last really? couple of years. Maybe I feel yeah, like it like might be more like in the fifteen twenty range, but I could just be thinking of other festival competitions. Uh, I can keep talking about movies while someone uh, looks at. There's a a Randall Park directorial debut. Uh, oh my god! Yes. Hmm? Well, we're skipping over. Oh, what did we uh, skip over? The Persian version. Which, of course, is directed by uh, uh, Miriam Keshavaras, who which uh, who directed Viper Club, which I saw at my first TIFF ever, and I believe doesn't ev- exist online anymore. Because <laughs> it was like Viper a Club? YouTube. It was a YouTube original, I think, and then they mm. were like, "We're not gonna have originals anymore." Uh huh. And it stars Susan Sarandon. Uh, it's uh, I don't. <laughs> remember it very well or don't or or very fondly frankly but uh mm-hmm. it was it was briefly available on youtube red when that was a okay. thing which it is no longer uh anyway oh. back to randall park's yeah. directorial debut i mean that that's the main thing about it it's called shortcomings justin h min yeah. is in it uh tabby jevinson so you know debbie that. ryan jesse herself i don't know who that is disney's jesse I might be oh. the person to either. <laughs> no, you, will you believe that I've had the theme song to that show sung to me, and that's the only thing I know about it? It's sort of, what if the Disney Channel remade The Nanny? But we don't need to get into it. Mm, okay. No, I, I mean, play it Sundance, to, I can tell you that much. I was going to say, <laughs> feel free to interrupt me when I skip over the name of a, a very important actor who I don't know. It'll happen. I'm sure more. For sure. Um, yeah. There's another Daisy Ridley movie. She had. Yeah, uh, she's given a given yeah. it another go. Good Sometimes I think about dying. A very um, unique film title. Uh, it is. I think. I feel like is her last movie other than Chaos Walking, the Ophelia movie that was also a Sundance movie. Who, we don't need to talk about Daisy Ridley's career. Um, there's also an Eliza Scanlon movie. And then, of course, there's the, uh, I believe, referenced recently, uh, Molly Gordon directorial debut. Yes. Co-directed with Nick Lieberman. Uh, co-written with those by those two people, as well as Noah Galvin and Ben Platt. Uh, starring. I mean, the, two, the, the 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 recent. Uh, the I believe they recently got married. So congrats to Who? them. Noah Galvin and Ben Platt oh, okay. got married. I believe. Great. Recently. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful for them. They're both in the movie. Molly Gordon's in the movie as well as Jimmy Tatro, Patty Harrison, and Io Edebiri. Uh This movie's called Theater Camp. 
I heard all of those mm-hmm. things and was like, oh, this sounds great. And then I read the premise, which is uh, when the beloved founder of a rundown theater camp in upstate New York falls into a coma, the eccentric staff must band together with the founder's crypto bro son to keep the camp afloat. And I read that and said, I don't ever have to see that movie. Oh, come on. Jimmy Tatro's going to play the crypto bro son, I'm sure. I don't know. It's going to be great. I feel like it might Here's be Flatter Galvin. Maybe I guess not. when now that Andy said it, it seems like it's probably going to be Tatro. When I read it, I was like, "That's a good Ben Platt role." That's like right. That was my thought stuff. as well. I was like, "That does make s- that is an interesting thing to do with Ben Platt." It certainly it we'll would see. use his energy in an interesting. And he new is direction. second build. I so. haven't. I find it hard to believe he is not going to be a theater kid in the movie called Theater Camp. So that is uh, probably true. Yeah, you know. you're probably right. Uh, let's see if they, let's go to IMDb and see if they've got character names. Maybe that'll give yeah. us a hint. I'll say that Eliza Scanlon movie also has Lewis Pullman, Jimmy Simpson. There's names in it. Yeah. I mean, I, as I said, like most of these movies, like there's. Have, right. There's, there's movies. people in them yeah. for sure. Um, as the other thing to mention is this is like a very female heavy director, uh-huh. uh, female director heavy lineup. Um, yeah, I, I feel like that's been the case in front of me. for Sundance. Yeah, for a but while. it's it's that's been a real Sundance priority. Yeah. I do feel uh-huh. like uh, um, we don't have character names on IMDb, unfortunately. Though we do have the apparently Amy Sedaris is also in it. Uh, Alan Kim also in it from Minari. Great. Um, Sign me up. Yeah, moving on to the U.S. documentary competition. You imagine from here on out, except for premieres, there will be fewer things that stick out to us. Um, I am the Namjoon Pike movie. I'm like, that sounds interesting. Uh, he's like a, a Korean like video artist who uh, just has like kind of come up in a lot of the work that I've been doing lately of someone who I keep being like, oh, I should look into his work and then uh, not getting to it. So perhaps this will be a good excuse to do that. And I think I looked at the director, Amanda Kim, who hasn't made a feature, but had gone through some kind of incubation lab that Spike Jones runs. Uh, so that might be uh, somewhat of an indication of the tone to expect. Other than that, it's like there's a Little Richard movie. Uh, anything else sticking out to anyone from this? Um, yeah, I mean, it's just so hard to pick out. Yeah. What, and yeah, like, this is the real it's like, yeah, yeah, like some of these may be quite good, but. Right, yeah, de- yeah definitely. This That's is like just like how Sundance works. Sundance. It's, it's like, like, it is, like, yeah. It's the ultimate, like, pick something that sounds intriguing and then it'll surprise you either way sort of, sort of festival. Yes. And there is, which I like, think is always an I think it energy. is, yes. And it is maybe also nice that the way the festival will work is that the digital portion starts halfway through the festival. So, like, the, right. so you know, the bigger like things the, might yeah. sell out. So, if there's a bigger thing you're interested in, you might want to try and get a ticket to that as quickly as you can. But, like, if you're right. paying enough attention, the like smaller stuff that pops up, you might be able yeah, to Yeah, you can listen listen to the buzz, yeah. follow the buzz for sure. Yeah. 
get in on that quickly. Like, especially documentaries, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and, and again, that's true of all these competitive sections. Uh, I think the World Cinema Dramatic Competition, the big, uh, big mm-hmm. thing is the uh, directorial debut from Alice Engler, who is, of course, Jane Campion's daughter. Uh, yes. From Top of the Lake Season it- 2. That's right, she's the, in China Girl. Yeah, That's right. the second... She's playing Elizabeth Moss's daughter, right? She's like this... One of the biggest I believe characters. that is the reveal, yes, that she yeah. is. Is it like, a reveal? Okay, was... yeah. Yeah, because she's it's like... It's like being one of those kid. things right. where I yeah. think you're supposed to suspect it from the beginning. Sure. Because they like get a vibe sure. and then eventually... I feel it like... Is, it is cause... a big... It it is a big moment of revelation for Elizabeth Moss in this later on in the series. Okay, I, I guess it's a because I although, like it's not like a huge like audience like whoa right because like I didn't watch the first season and then watch the second for this podcast and I feel like I picked up sure. on very quickly like even not knowing she has a daughter like oh this seems like maybe her daughter or right. something like that um but sure. yeah anyway yeah. She's in it, uh, Jennifer Connelly, Ben Wishaw, Dasha Nekrasova, uh, about a former child actor who seeks enlightenment at a retreat led by spiritual leader Elon while she navigates Uh her close yet turbulent relationship with her stunt performer daughter Dylan. So assuming that's Jennifer Connelly, (laughs) Ben Wishaw, Alice Engler, that's certainly an interesting assortment of roles for those three people i feel like of the things that are available uh on the digital platform other than the new frontier section which we'll get to which those all all are this is the one where i'm like that could be bad and i would still probably be cool with having seen that um sure right it definitely right has a real high could go either way potential yeah, on that one. I think for sure. So. And you know <laughs> would be wonderful if uh she's as good a director as her mother. And like the you sure. know, I think what tends to happen in world uh dramatic competition is that like the number of movies with actors you know goes down. Although there is there's like a Harris Dickinson movie. Um mm-hmm. there's uh a movie called Shida starring Zara Mir Ibrahimi, who I believe won Best Actress at Cannes last year for The Holy Spider. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, other than that, uh, that yeah, that's... there's a movie that Pablo Lorraine is producing, mm, mm-hmm. uh, Sorcery. Yeah. There's a Puerto Rican movie in Spanish here, which I was surprised to see. Oh, yeah. No, a lot of those make it out there enough to like sure. be seen yeah. and get shown by major festivals. So shout out, shout out mm-hmm. to La Becerra. Yeah. And of course you could uh, find a new actor here. I believe the first time I heard of uh, Tenok Huerta was the first digital Sundance. He was in a movie that I didn't end up seeing, but it sounded kind of interesting. I was just like, mm-hmm. huh. I just remembered that name and then very quickly I think he was cast in Black Panther 2. He's sure. more the Submariner. He sure is. Uh, and then of course we go to World Cinema Documentary Competition where we're just even less likely to know 
have any thought about what these movies are. It's just like right. there's this a right. there's it's a the ultimate movie. Like, mm-hmm. Um there's uh there's some uh British one there's a British one in here. Uh, that's about what yeah. I've got to say. It's about real that. like yeah. This is like as you get this deep, it's really like you gotta read the log line. Yeah, like, uh, like there's nothing to. The first movie yeah. here, like, Five Seeds of the Revolution, sounds kind of interesting. Maybe that's just because I saw the director, the person with just one name credited, which uh-huh. I always appreciate the the confidence uh-huh. to single name yeah. yourself. But an yeah. aspiring video journalist in her twenty finds herself already facing self reckoning. Born in Damascus, Syria, Lena starts to report on events around her until she is compelled to become a war reporter and later the unexpected narrator of her own destiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another Pablo Larin producer credit in here, The Eternal Memory, which appears to be an Alzheimer's movie. Sure. Uh, and then the gonna... next section, there's... Is the next section. Yeah. Ah! That's so true. Uh, there is, there's a few, there's, there's a, there's one that's produced by Steven Soderbergh, directed by a guy named Eddie Alcazar, who I think has directed a few movies before that, like, uh, Steven Dorff and Moises Arias and Bella Thorne and Scott Bakula are in that film, Divinity. Right. Fun group of people. Yeah. Two mysterious brothers abduct a mogul during his quest for immortality. Meanwhile, a seductive woman helps them launch a journey of self-discovery. Uh, there is a mix popular, of fiction p- popular and non-fiction. R&D art, popular R&B artist Karuchi Tran also in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one uh, with uh, Greg Turkington and Jeremy Allen White. Yes, this one has another very fun... Um, popping off the bear, of course, Jeremy Allen White. Another very fun logline here. Where uh, it's Donia works for a Chinese fortune cookie factory in San Francisco. Formerly a translator for the U.S. military in Afghanistan, she struggles to put her life back in order. In a moment of sudden revelation, she decides to send out a special message in a cookie. Which I think that sounds fun. Uh, Especially if if Jeremy Allen White and Greg Turkington are getting the message from this cookie. Mm, I want to see what fireworks are going to happen after that. Uh... Produced by Chris Martin, but though there's lots of people named Chris Martin, so, so maybe not, the baseball not cold player. Plays Chris Martin. That's what I. Oops. That was my. Who knows? Who knows? Right. Yes. Pick your own Chris Martin. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, <laughs> all be I will say. Ben speaking of uh, uh, avoiding such confusion, there is a movie called The Tuba Thieves. That movie, one of the producers, Maya E. Rudolph. So that one we know, yes. not that Maya Rudolph, yeah. uh, which is a right. movie about uh, maybe she rebranded. Maybe, but it's a, that's a movie about a bunch of tubas that were stolen from Los Angeles High School uh, between tw- or wait there. I need to actually read this because I yes. misled our audience from twenty eleven sure. to twenty thirteen. Tubas were stolen from Los Angeles high schools. This is not a story about thieves or missing tubas. Instead, it asks what it means to listen. That's 
A-plus Sundance logline writing right there. That is <laughs> it's the ultimate really... Sundance logline. Yep. <laughs> that is... Yeah, <laughs> this right. This movie that sounds fun, it's actually about the fundamental nature of listening. <laughs> what if I told you it's not fun at all? Yeah. But instead is a deeply existential movie about the nature of listening. Mm-hmm. Also there on are... further name confusion, there is a movie here called Kim's Video, but it does not seem to be about yes. the famous Kim's Video. I also noticed that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, though it's playing um, with forms and tropes, so who knows? And it does involve yes. a video collection, so it is possible. It's a video, a legendary lost video collection of fifty right. plus five thousand movies. So maybe because Kim's video closed, right? right? So like yes. maybe it is. So that it is possible perhaps. that it is their collection. It'd be crazy if they sent it to Sicily. I would. Maybe that would be a reason to make a movie. For sure, I was. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's get tickets right now. <laughs> um, yeah, there's you know more names to live and die and live produced by uh, Forrest Whitaker. Uh, Omari Hardwick is in that. Uh, another movie with mm-hmm. Sanaa Lathan and Mike Epps called Young Wild Free, which that feels like a classic uh, Sundance title with periods. Sure. We'll right. say. Yeah, periods after every word. Might no get comment on the quality of any of these movies. I cannot promise anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe they will all be bad. Good titles so far, I will say. For sure. This is, I think, right. This is the section to really, like, pull some names out of a hat, yeah. I feel like. Uh-huh. Like, this, like, put them all in there. Say I'm going to, like, see, like, two or three next movies. Pull them out of a yeah. hat and just go yeah. and go with it. Like, but even I think just so. like, yeah, even just like generally, there's like in the documentary composition, there's a movie called Smoke Sauna Sisterhood. Yeah, mm-hmm. there are there are other movies. There's a movie called Mama Cruise. Mm-hmm. You know, just a lot of good stuff. Sure. Yeah, we'll get to a movie later where Penelope Cruz plays a mama. Um, the midnight <laughs> section, uh, uh-huh. there's, uh, a Pass film my starring, <laughs> you're telling That's me right. you're not good. You're going to stay awake for Marin Ireland. Well, unfortunately, I, got, got I looked Emilio, this I up wish for that Andy. Unfortunately, there are some movies in this section that are, uh, available on the digital Online, platform. The Marin Ireland film them. birth slash rebirth, all lowercase. Not one of them. Uh, Dang it. Yeah. They're... That's okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, I was I was going to clarify, because uh, yeah. we do want to remain in Sundance's good graces. I believe any For of sure. these digital movies you can watch, you or you can, you can start at any time during the window of the 24th or the 29th. So you could watch the midnight movies at midnight, you could also do a midnight movie at 9 a.m. That's true. Uh, That's what I would do, certainly, was uh-huh. wake up and watch a midnight movie. Yeah. You could wake up at, watch it at, at noon. 5 a.m. and watch it. You watch it at noon. There's so many options for these time. midnight movies. Right. Especially the considering that you're working off of uh, Mountain Time or whatever, wherever you, whatever you tell uh-huh. them. There's like uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Though their, their website is good about... Uh, yes, auto auto updating yeah. for you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think one of the biggest movies we've got in the 
festival at all is uh, Infinity Pool, which has been kind of floating around even since last Sundance as uh, When's mm-hmm. This Coming, which is the new Brandon Cronenberg film, uh, David's Son, yeah. uh, starring Alexander Skarsgård, uh, Mia Go- Goth. I think it's just Goth. I've always said Goth, but now that she's just a British lady, I believe it's Mia Goth. Uh, and Cleopatra Coleman from... Now that she's just a British lady. I always, for some reason, I always assumed she was German. I don't know why. She's always certainly been mysterious as far as what she's actually like to me. Right. Like, I certainly... Just she, you know... I guess... I'd characters. certainly heard of her, because she was in Nymph- one of the Nymphomaniacs, and she was in... Right. Uh, Cure to Wellness. I, like... I believe the first thing I saw her in would have been High Life, and I could not tell you what sure. sort of accent she's doing in that movie. No, yeah. And then, of course, Emma, she's, she yeah. is doing a British accent, but you watch that movie and you're like, wow, that's a funny accent she's doing. And then you watch right. her talking. No one like, could talk like yeah. that. Yeah. Right. Oh, never mind. Right. She just talks yeah. like that. Recently did more of a deep dive into Mia Goth's, like, deal than I probably wanted to or should have. She's got a lot going on in her life. I wish her... Right. I wish her well. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. Infinity Pool, the first in, like, a couple of movies that are playing Sundance that are like, wow, that I'm like, wow, you ended up at Sundance. That's interesting. Yes. We'll get to another one of them to which I'll have an addition to, but this one it is, like, it almost does just feel... Uh, maybe he took lo- uh, w- longer in post-production than people were thinking, but it does kind of just feel like he didn't do Sundance and then just looped back around and was like, I guess I'm doing Sundance. Because yeah. Possessor was a Sundance movie. But very possible this yeah. wasn't ready for the previous Sundance. Uh, yeah. And I mean, like, Sundance is probably the best... Nah. I guess it's either that or TIFF, the the best festival for like a horror movie, like or like South by does well. Yeah, I is is Infinity Pool. Does that that's Neon? I think, which I don't know if Neon has any kind of South by relationship. A twenty four, I think has. Le- I was wasn't expecting a ton here, but has even less here than I expected, which does make it seem like they're maybe gonna go in even more on that kind of South by by, that they forged last year, which that, especially with their genre stuff, but perhaps not only with their genre stuff. Um, We do also have a Sarah Snook film, if you're dealing with succession withdrawal. Sure. Or a Miranda Otto film, if you're dealing with downhill withdrawal in the three years since Downhill premiered right. at Sundance. Uh huh. Or was you that just been watching the watching no downhill? downhill over and over again? It, was it that was two years ago? Was downhill was like one of the last movies to come out in downhill? Years, right, was one of the first movies that like came out in the pandemic. I think. Oh, I it like it was came out like interesting. It came out like March, April, twenty twenty. Interesting. Well, or no, e- or no, it was one of the thing. last movies that came out. No, it was just before the pandemic. Yes, yeah, that so was, it was like my fe- February twenty twenty. It came, 2020. Out, it, it it like came out in February and was then one of the first movies that like got rushed onto VOD. Right, uh, that got like a twenty dollar rental. Deal. Yeah, I think right, that's yeah. what it was. Sure. Um, I, I did see it in the theater. Though. What are Ji- what are Jim Rash and Nat Faxon up to? What are those scoundrels up to? Um, uh, well, Jim Rash was in Bros. Uh huh. 
Uh, Nat Faxon, I believe, is on uh, uh, Celebrity Cooking yeah. or Baking the, Bake Off. The, the, celebrity the bake American, off. yeah. The, that's that's like, like a the, Roku original. Right, which seems like it's like a backdoor pilot to actually just doing Great American Bake right. Off with Zach Cherry and Ellie Kemper and the. Which, that's a great hosting great, pairing, for sure. It, that is yeah. fun, yes. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah, it's like him and uh, Darcy Carden and a football player. So yeah, it, that's right. It's an interesting TV show called Loot. Oh, right. That's the Maya Rudolph Apple TV show about, like, a, mm. what if Mackenzie Scott, like, tried to start her life over or whatever. Sure. Uh,. Moving on to premieres, these are these movies, of course, almost all, I think all, all of the movies we've talked about are premiering at this festival. Some of the ones we'll talk about subsequently aren't, but this section is right. called it, Well, yeah, it would be, you're right, it would be weird if the competition movies had played elsewhere. Yes, <laughs> that, like. that doesn't happen, I don't think. Um, but yeah, and so obviously this is like, I think it was the... I believe it was the call of Tabitha Jackson to condense premieres and documentary premieres into one section. Uh, sure. And so this is a collection of both of those things. Uh, though they also, I think, are ha- have uh, switched over to uh, fiction and non-fiction as descriptors, which I, I is interesting. I, I respect that. Uh, I, I think sure. it's more as a way to... Uh, um, what was I gonna say? Uh, something. Oh, avoid. Uh, no, uh, avoid the descriptor narrative in uh, sure. opposition to right. uh, documentary. Though I guess they do have the right. dramatic document. But anyway, yeah. Rather, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Moving on. Let's talk about some Moving of these on. movies. Some of these premieres. What's premiering? We've got Cat Person, Amelia Jones, Nicholas Braun. I bet you've heard about this. We don't need to tell you about Cat Person. Uh, directed by no, Susanna. In fact, Jesse, you does not want this us is, to tell it. Right. Uh, this mention is, this about is Cat the bit that I was setting up with Andy is that I'm going to attempt to get a review of Cat Person published in which I both do not acknowledge Cat Person is based on something and also retain minimal awareness of the thing that it is based on so yeah i mean I, till i read this description i had no idea i had only known cat person as a phrase that people tweet about uh-huh no, no idea yeah, what sure. it was about i yeah i've listened to a i've not read the story but i have listened <laughs> to a couple of podcast segments discussing it sure uh so i will i will keep my lips zipped uh for your Thank for you. your sake jesse uh, we do also, yeah, once, I guess, going once back. Again, Andy listening to a lot of NPR is ruining bits for all of us. <laughs> Excuse me, this is the Slate Culture Gap Test. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, going backwards alphabetically, we do also have Cassandro, directed by Roger Ross Williams, who uh, has had documentaries at Sundance before. I feel like he maybe even won the do- U.S. documentary yeah. competition. Uh, but this is a fiction film about a gay amateur wrestler from El Paso named Saul Armendariz, uh, Saul, sorry, uh, played, I assume played by Gael Garcia Bernal, given he is the lead of this film, or first mm-hmm. build anyway. Um, what else have we got? There's a 
Nonfiction. Apparently, Bad Castillo's in that too. Uh, also, cool. Bad Bunny's apparently in it, which it doesn't say oh. here. But I went to Roger Was Williams' uh, personal website, and it says that he's in it. Okay. That's crazy. That I mean, they're not yeah. advertising that. that. Is, Maybe that there's is a dispute crazy. about whether he's going to get credited as Bad Bunny or under his, you know, his uh, Benito his Santiago. Name. Yeah, I feel like that would be a mistake to credit him in that way. Um, sure. Uh, we've got a, doc, a nonfiction film narrated by uh, Jason Momoa. We've got Drift, which is directed by Anthony Chan, who had a movie called Wet Season. It was another one of these, like, for, like, a year. It was like, oh, maybe this will be in uncertain regard. Maybe this will uh, premiere at Venice. And then, like, went, like, yeah. a whole year, like, circled around. And then finally yeah. it was in platform at TIFF. And no one oh, saw really? it, and I heard it was okay. This was this wasn't this year. It it's like, got a he has crazy a new movie. I was gonna say so. He also has oh. a new movie that was maybe also in platform at TIFF this past fall. Anyway, this movie is his English language debut, uh, Drift, starring Cynthia Erivo, Aaliyah Shakat, and Honor Swinton Byrne. Uh, the trio, is, the classic trio. Uh-huh. Uh, which is in, it says it's in English and Greek with English subtitles. Um, yes. I that is, the names we skipped over are speaking the Greek. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, maybe. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, these I names actually, don't seem so, particularly Greek. But... No, they don't. Uh, I, I was going to say, I think the one of the, like, movies, there are a few premieres that will be on the digital platform uh, the one that I looked at that is, is Cat Person. Uh, so anything else that I mention probably isn't, though. I might have just forgotten to look. Um, sure. We've also got Eileen, uh, Atessa yeah. Moshfeg, and Luke Goebbels return to film after, uh... Why can't I remember what the movie is called that we... Causeway? I don't know. It's Causeway? called Causeway. They, they rewrote oh. Causeway. They did. Yeah, the screenwriters of Causeway, uh-huh. not the original the screenwriters, film. but the people who did the rewrite, who I, who are also credited. Uh, this is right. based on Otessa Mushfeg's novel Eileen, uh, sure. and is William Oldroyd's return after Lady Macbeth, uh, and stars Whoa. Thomas and Mackenzie as the titular Eileen. As well uh-huh. as Anne Hathaway, and then Marin Ireland also in this yes. one. Um, double, and we Shea love Liga a double Marin Ireland also, fest. Also a double, yeah. double Shay, two Shays, two Marins. Uh, isn't there also this another, is what's great about? Sundance. I was going to say, this isn't is the there also another Amelia Jones movie? I can't remember if we haven't gotten to it or if we skipped over it. Uh, but yeah, so that one will be interesting. Oh my this, god! Th- hmm. I'm just looking ahead, and, and I saw an exciting <laughs> cast member. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm, no, it, I'm now, it, it, it is. I'm now excited to find out who this is. We'll save it. Uh, sure. But I was just going to say, it will be inter- this is the first adaptation of her work. Uh, I know there was talk at one point of Yorgos Lanthimos doing my year of rest and relaxation. Oh, and now I've scrolled down and I see that the next film, alphabetically, is, of course, the other Amelia Jones film uh, yes. with Scoot McNary as her gay dad. Yes! Scoot! Uh, My guy! Directed by Andrew Durham, produced by Sofia Coppola, 
Uh, yeah. yeah. I I have I was aware this movie existed because I think at at different times I have both been like, what's Scoot got coming up, and also what's Amelia sure. Jones got coming up? Uh, sure. Amelia I didn't Jones, know you were taking an interest in Amelia Jones. Well, Cassie. I was just so we. This was pretty recent, where I was having a conversation with someone where I was like, I understand why it didn't happen because it came on so late, but it is weird that she a did not get a Best Actress nomination for being in the Best sure. Picture winner, but then b right. Hollywood is like going in all in on her. Uh, sure. These two movies, she's worked with Susanna Fogel again already on the reality winner movie. Um, sure. But yeah, so we've got this movie, and, Fairyland, which is... Right. Uh, which also has Adam Lambert and Maria Bakalova in it. It's a crazy cast. Yes. Just, uh, there's there's names that I, the, I was going to say the craziest cast is also on this page, which we should maybe just get to. Uh... Sure. I this movie. Uh, I, I I guess Jamoy Jamojaya. Uh, it says it's partially in Indonesian, sure. so I assume that's where it comes from. From the uh, right. Justin Chan, director of uh, Blue Bayou, as well as right. several other movies. Uh, I don't right. the the Who was I in the Twilight movies, right? That's yeah, maybe. I think he's also an actor. But anyway, so the first two names yes. on this cast list: uh, Brian Emmanuel right. and Yayu Au Unru. Not names that I recognize. Next three no. names. Sit uh-huh. down, listener. Caitlin sure. Scheel. That's not the one you had to sit down for. This is Sundance. No. Henry Ian Cusick, who... Sure. I've never seen him in a thing that is not lost, certainly. I, I was... Does he, like, See do... See another life, mo- brother. Does he, like, do movies? I feel like he's just kept floating around different TV he- shows. Yeah, he's okay. been on TV shows. He was on uh, the one hundred. Um, Is that what he was on? That he was on the one hundred. Right. He was briefly on um, uh, not what's the oh Inhumans on ABC. Mm, okay, uh, he was in that because because it was like they shot that in Hawaii. So but anyway, listen. I was gonna say, listeners, please do not have sit back down if you thought that our <laughs> right. Henry and Cusick tangent was it. <laughs> The third, the final <laughs> name on this cast list, uh, a musician who, if you're a fan of this musician, his band has brought you two and a half hours of new music in the last year, I discovered this morning. Anthony Kiedis of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Making, is, I, I don't, has he acted in a movie before? Like, Flea is in movies. Yeah, Flea's the actor yeah. of, the, of the band, as I, far as I know. his acting debut? <laughs> Maybe? Uh, it's not only his acting debut. debut. Because I found... I, I was like, Brian Emanuel, the first name. That sounds familiar to me, so I decided to Google it. And that is, okay. of course, popular internet rapper Rich Brian. <laughs> uh, okay. Who came oh, my. Into, who came into prominence, so, like say, like seven, six years ago under a different name that I can't really say. Uh, but oh, he... Sure. He became a popular young rapper on the internet, and then he sort of, like, led a wave of, like, Chinese, Asian-American rap in America. So it is wow. interesting. Uh, the other Crazy cast. Uh, yeah, the other actor, Yayu Unru, has been in many movies 
uh, that I, yeah, it looks like it's just, uh, I would imagine an Indonesian actor. Uh, sure. Have never heard of any of these movies. Um, so then, yeah, uh, of course, this is the largest section given the, uh, right. the, uh, not need to be online. Yeah. So it keeps going. Yeah. Uh, and we get to Corey oh. Finley's Amity Anderson adaptation, uh, YA writer, Landscape with Invisible Hand, which I will concede is a really, really good title. Uh, uh-huh. When Earth is taken over by aliens who control the economy, a pair of teenagers come up with a plan to save their families. I will say, I am aware of M.T. Anderson, YA writer. I'm not aware of this particular book, uh, but because mm-hmm. when I was a child, my mother was a YA librarian, and I remember many times her complaining about M.T. Anderson being kind of annoying. Uh, not as a person, as a writer. Uh, so, I don't know if this is before that or after that, but uh, I feel like she sure. read a few of her books, of his books and was always just like, this is too much. Come on. Anyway, this All movie right. starring uh, Tiffany Haddish, Asante Black, Kylie Rogers, Josh Hamilton, Michael Gandolfini, William Jackson Harper. Who knows Michael what Michael Gandolfini? Will he sing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. Corey Finley, he's, you know, he I think he mm-hmm. got some incredible young actor performances in Thoroughbreds especially. And there's good young actor performances in Bad Education as well. Uh there's just less of them. But sure. uh but yeah, I think it's um uh it's an exciting project and I would like to see it. Mm-hmm. He um, worked on something else between, right? We, did he work on We Crashed? Did he? God. I think he did. Do I need to watch We Crashed immediately? <laughs> I'm going to say you don't. Of course. Regar- our friend of, the, friend of the pod, uh, um, Anderson, Anderson wrote, wrote, on, on, that wrote on that Yeah. Uh-huh. Received a gift <laughs> from Jared Leto's character. He, he directed two episodes of We Crashed, yeah. Okay. The fourth and the fifth. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so hey, you've got a connection now. Um, A Little sure. Prayer, uh, which is written and directed by Angus McLaughlin, who is most well known, I believe, for having written Junebug. Uh, though he did also direct a movie a few years ago that has an alliterative title that I will maybe get wrong. I think it might be Above Average Acreage or like Abundant, Abundant Acreage Ac- Available. That was going to be my second guess. Uh, that starred Amy Ryan, and I feel like like five people saw it, and all five of the people were j- like just not quite enthusiastic enough about it to get anyone else to watch it, while all being sure. like, oh, this is good. Um, right, this movie yeah. stars uh, David Strathairn and Jane Levy, who, you know, David Strathairn right. is certainly in the Amy Ryan mold of, like, this is an actor who will get five people to watch a movie and they'll all be like, oh, this is pretty good. Right, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> um, Dasha I Blanco think... uh, from Orange is the New Black, yep. Anna Camp, that's yeah. uh, some fun names, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, perhaps the most exciting, the, the most exciting movie, which is, I think, maybe what Emilio was referencing as, uh, we keep talking about this movie and now it's showing up at Sundance, is, uh, Iris Sachs's new film, Passages, which 
I yeah. do think it is... Double Wisha. Double Wisha happening, right, this folks. is where the Double Wisha happens. Uh, the, I, I do think this movie will probably also be in competition at Berlin, for what it's worth. Makes and, like, the, sense, there was yeah. also the, like, it for it to have been at Cannes, it sounded like he would have had to, like, rush to finish it. Uh, but anyway, uh, Ben Wishaw and Franz Rosansky, as well as Igdel Exarpolis, who I will just say briefly because there won't be a special presentations recorded uh, for this week. Tonight, right. uh, I did just see The Five Devils at the EU Showcase, uh, directed by Leia Mesius, who co-wrote The Stars at Noon and Paris 13th District and a few of uh, Arnaud Desplechens, uh movies that was in director's Fortnite. This was the second movie she directed and got like, I, it was like buzzy going in. Like there was like a, maybe this will be in competition. And then it wasn't. And then like, not a lot of people saw it. And the reactions were like weird. Like it was like a lot of people being like, this is interesting but I don't like it, was what I feel like the tenor was. Uh, and then I saw a few people who saw it later who were like, oh no, this is really, really good, which encouraged me to go see it. Uh, if, if it's not clear, the reason I'm mentioning this is because it also stars Adele Exarpolis, and I really, really love it. Uh, she is incredible in it. Uh, a number of the other actors are really good in it. It's like... Uh, it's, I I can see why, like, the reviews just came off as weird, because it is just, like, a very strange movie to describe. Like, I feel like to describe it, either you just make it sound very normal, or you, like, make it sound, like, completely incoherent, insane, and it's not either of those things. Um, I will say that of the people who she has collaborated with, I do think she is closest to... Uh, Celine Siama, who also worked on that Paris 13th dis- District script. Uh, movie's putting it out sometime next year, and I, I'm saying now, like, seek that movie out. It is really, really fascinating. Uh, and I am also curious about her first film now. Anyway, back to Passages. Uh, a movie we've been anticipating for a while. Maybe we'll finally get us to watch Frankie. Uh, Doubtful. Yeah. Maybe it'll finally get us to do Sax Month. Mm, I forgot that was. I forgot that was on the table at some point. Yeah, February. You know, we could do Sax Month. I think it would be a lot of fun. Do you think Sax Month happens? I I, I went on his Wikipedia page because of this movie, and I looked at the poster for Frankie, and I was still like, "This is such what a fake poster! Like what a poster you would see in like the background of a movie." Just not I a bet real Fra- film. I mean, we've been we've been through a bajillion circles on this. I bet Frankie is good. Um, sure. I feel like we're <laughs> we'll at have a point to do where, like, to find it out. does feel like <laughs> we're sort of at a point where we are split between people who think it will be bad and people who are afraid that they will be wrong in the d- thinking it's good. Uh, but yes, I think Sax Month perhaps coming next year. Or not. Sure. Uh, I'm going to say not. But we can get there. <laughs> we've got The Pod Generation with Chiwetel Ejiofor and Amelia Clark, 
directed by mm-hmm. Sophia Bartz, who I looked up, and she directed that movie uh, Cold Souls uh, with Paul Giamatti, which was at Sundance, like, years ago. But, of course, the reason I looked her up was because I was like, is she related to Roland Bartz? And the answer is indeterminate. She does appear to have been born in France, so maybe. Uh, but mm-hmm. I could not find anything about her family. Sure. Uh, and then, yeah, we've got some documentaries about famous actors here. There's a, a Brooke Shields documentary and a Michael J. Fox documentary. There's a new yeah. Sebastian Silva movie. Yeah, this logline is, is yeah. nuts. <laughs> Go ahead. Which is, is a, it's, a, it's, it's a fiction film. Uh, to be mm-hmm. clear, but it is the logline is after filmmaker Sebastian Silva goes missing in Mexico City, social media celebrity Jordan Firstman begins searching for him, suspecting that the cleaning lady in Sebastian's building may have something to do with his disappearance. It stars uh, Sebastian Silva, uh, yeah, I, Jordan Firstman, I and I, who I assume is the cleaning lady, Catalina Saavedra. That I would assume that's how it's pronounced. I will say that I read the logline first and I was like. Jordan Firstman is like a very good like fake name for a character in a movie like this, and then I saw sure. the cast. I I, the I, I feel Actually, like I've seen Jordan him Firstman. pop up on Twitter uh, before. Uh, but yeah, this does. It is a crazy logline. It is also a very Sebastian Silva logline. He's not necessarily gone meta in that way before. I don't think, but like, that's his kind of thing. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I guess at the end, we've got the yeah, Nicole the big Hollis one. Center film. The yeah, other this is more the movie I was talking about got. than Passages. Oh, no, like, this I movie, like, that movie finished shooting in, like, August or July last year. It was so unlikely was that it premiered for. before Sundance. And also, like, Hollis Center frequently is at Sundance. It was like, this or wait until TIFF next year, probably. Uh, but, yeah. We've talked about it. Its title has changed. It's no longer Beth and Don. It's called You Hurt My Feelings, which I suppose does evoke the premise, which we've also talked about, which is that a novelist's long-standing marriage is suddenly upended when she overhears her husband giving his honest reaction to her latest book. Which classic I am... Classic Center. <laughs> it is classic Hollow Center. It doesn't... Sounds annoying to me, but we'll see. I am like Tobias. I I guess I don't really barely even know who Tobias Menzies is. I do feel like right. for that movie to be interesting to me, like it has to be like a James Gandolfini, where I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Not that I don't like Julia Louis Dreyfus, but like, and like also Michaela Watkins, Arian Moayed. This is another yeah. leaving out your big. Uh, casting coup, which is that, of course, both Elizabeth Marvel and Bill Camp are in this film. Oh, the classic so, duo. You know. God. Get them in a two, in, in, a, in a movie with Tracy Letts and Carrie Coon, and sure. all the world's problems will be solved. I don't know about that. Um, we should try it, at least. I can agree with that. You should like, try it. Mm, certainly, I would love to see Andy make that movie. <laughs> um, it they is maybe with... play. They should do that. I mean, sure, sure. 
there is, I guess maybe worth mentioning that the Michael J. Fox movie is directed by Davis Guggenheim. Uh, but sure. then, yeah, I think moving on, so I, I did, like, these are, like, the big sections, usually, other than, I guess, right. Spotlight, uh, and so I did, like, get through these and was like, oh, that's fine, I feel, you know, like, it, obviously, like, right. it's Sundance, so it's hard to say, I am, like, there's a few things I'm interested in, it still yeah. doesn't feel like back where it was before the pandemic, but also I do consume movies in a different way than I did in even in like sure. early 2020 at this point. So I am like, yeah, you know, well, this this could totally be a good Sundance lineup. But what was I will the best say, movie to come out out of last year's Sundance? Sharp Stick, probably. Uh, people Sharp. really liked Fire of Love. Which I haven't seen, Fire but yeah, Sharp Love. Sticks. The like yeah, Fire of Love's good. Um, I don't feel like it went great. I, I feel like yeah, my impression... I didn't see much. You're right. Yeah, I th- yeah, th- I didn't see much that I loved at Sundance. Yeah. At Sundance, I think, right? and it's not Sharp like and like yeah, I didn't. See I still very need to much, see Leo Grand, I, which I think right. I will like a lot. Sure, it is like I didn't see very much then and have still seen very little. Uh, I do feel like there are. People who are like Nanny's really interesting, which won the right Nanny's in theaters right now. Yeah, it's in theaters now. It's gonna be won the U.S. Dramatic Prize. It's gonna be on Amazon Prime later this month. There is like I don't think it was terrible, but it definitely was like last year did was not obviously. Uh, it was a weird year. They thought they were gonna be partially in person, but still show everything online. Then they were like, it's just online because COVID's peaking, uh, which won't happen this year. This year, COVID will behave at the height of winter. Um, Nothing to worry about there. Yeah. But anyway, this year, it is just like, I don't know. We'll see if this feels more like last year or more like previous years. But anyway, the thing that does make me, that like piqued my interest was that this new frontier section which we talked about that's been like just like the vr new media whatever section certainly through the pandemic but even a bit before that right there are three films in here all of which i believe it like yeah all of which are directed or co-directed by a director who uh i think we've talked about them all on this podcast at least a little bit two of them like had shorts last year that we talked about uh Mary Helena Clark, who co-directed A Common Sequence with Mike uh, Gibbiser, who directed Exhibition, which was in Currents at New York Film Festival, which we talked about a few weeks ago, uh, which is uh, an interconnected look at tradition, colonialism, property, faith, and science as seen through labor practices that link an endangered salamander, mass-produced apples, and the evolving fields of genomics and machine learning. So, great. I mean, that sounds like a very, like, Theo Anthony kind of thing. Uh, and that one, the, I guess we don't have run times in here. My memory is that that one's, like, 90 minutes. Then we have uh, Gush, directed by Fox Maxi, who directed uh, Fighting Looks Different to Me, which a few of us saw in the Wavelengths program at Toronto this year. Uh... These are all nonfiction listed as nonfiction films, I guess, but are all these are all also, you know, experimental avant-garde directors. Uh, 
This is an embodied rumination of both male and female power, healing and haunting, all within an apocalyptic world. A transformation that courses through unknown terror to untamed collective joy. And then finally, we have a mid-length feature, I think about 50 minutes, from Deborah Stratman, who has a movie that uh, I think is a favorite of both me and Cullen's called In Order Not to Be Here, uh, which I saw, like, in a introduction to film class when the teacher was just, like, doing the uh, the avant, the experimental week, uh, I think rather than most of the weeks he just, like, assigned a movie to go watch streaming, but that was the one where he projected things during class, and it was, like, a bracket short, and then he showed that, and I think that movie is really incredible, and she is, I've been aware that she's made movies more recently, but I think they just, that movie is accessible in a few places, but most of her more recent stuff isn't, Anyway, this new movie, Last Things, uh, Evolution and Extinction from the Point of View of Rocks, a humid take on minerals, where sci-fi meets sci-fact. The geobiosphere oh is a place of <laughs> evolutionary possibility, where humans disappear, but life endures. Uh, so as you might have been able to tell from my intonation during this segment, this is the section of this festival that activates me in its current form. I will certainly be seeing all of these <laughs> movies. Mm -hmm. uh, I will say I had yes, not yeah. read any of those log lines. Those were all cold reads. They're all uh -huh. interesting log lines. Uh, Sci-fi sure. meets sci-fact. I was going to say, most, not all in the a most good way. like Shakespeare with the first rapper ass sounding. Yes. <laughs> <just> like, <Yeah. laughs> Yes, absolutely. But Deborah Stratton is also, like, the most, like, uh, venerable, respected filmmaker in this group. So, we'll see. Uh, I, or I will, anyway. Yes, uh, I, you know, <laughs> maybe maybe we'll find some time for one of those. We'll see. Yeah, again, the Stratman's only 50 minutes, so that's, uh... Great. And, the, you know, none of them are long. Uh, but, yeah, so... Sure. Oh well, yeah, um, if they if they do like a yeah, a, if they're doing like a right. digital new like I don't past, think, right? I don't like, know that like... they are. I will maybe try and look into that. Sure. I also yeah. some of these are filmmakers who I have emailed with before, so I Great. bet we can see some of these movies. Um, in general, avant-garde filmmakers, their emails are not that hard to find. Um, sure. So the spotlight section, which is of course yeah. the uh, that that the movie the the set the it's a very small section always with like I think it's five movies this year and that feels pretty normal of non premieres. Um, sure. And this is where I was like, okay, so we're gonna see showing up here, and this is finally where it'll go a little wider because it was truly right. like the. It, 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 it like they were you know it was especially in basic they put out a poster this week right yeah like, and especially right. when that happened i was like okay this is in advance of it being in the sundance lineup nope not here uh it i i do think it will be out in the after yang slot basically either early march or late february but i just wanted to see that fucking movie um and i sure Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. 
A24 has been not interested in facilitating that for anyone sure. who uh, is not in like five like five festivals. Uh, there right. won't be a sixth, I guess, unless they hold it off until after South by. What if they, um, they re-premiered at South by? That'd be really God, funny. <laughs> I mean, it happens. They also have a section like this, but uh, yeah. So some movies in here, the one that a lot of these are like things. Some of these are things that, like, weren't at a lot of fall festivals. Uh, I think the ones that were... Joyland was a Cannes movie, and I think that was at TIFF. Uh, It won Uncertain Regard, I believe, directed by uh, Saeem Sadiq, a Pakistani film. And and then Other People's Children was at Venice and um, TIFF and... I, I think other regional festivals. That's the Rebecca Zlotowski film, uh, who of course is famous for her father being the guy who does the live translation for the Cannes press conferences, as well as being a director who sometimes sure. the movies come up at those press conferences, or maybe uh-huh. maybe they I, I, maybe they don't because the she's been in directors Fortnite, but I don't think she's been in competition or in certain regard. Anyway, uh, Virginia Fiera. <laughs> In this film, uh, Frederick Wiseman's also in it. And then, uh, Le Mencita, which is the previous uh, Forfeit and Penelope Cruz film from Venice Competition. That one hasn't really played anywhere else. Eight Mountains was it Can and maybe Telluride, but hasn't played around much with Luca Marinelli. Uh, there's a director, uh, uh, movie that I think we talked about when it was at Telluride, directed by Anton Corbin, called Squaring the Circle, a story of hip, hypnosis with GN. There's the kids section. Andy, do you want to do your kids section corner? Sure. I mean, well, you first you got uh, a great title, another great title, Aliens Abducted My Parents and Now I Feel Kinda Left Out, uh, directed by Jake Van Wagener. Uh, this one's got uh, Emma Tremblay. I don't know if any relation to Jacob or not. Not I clear believe, to me. I believe they are. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will Forte's in that. Elizabeth Mitchell, Juliet from Lost, of wow. course, yeah, and uh, currently appearing on the Santa Clauses on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Amazing Maurice, uh, written by Terry Rossio, who I believe is the non-crazy. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean co-writer, I think? I'm crossing my fingers that he's the crazy one. He might be the crazy one. I'm not sure. Um, uh, which uh, Our second Amelia Clark movie here. Uh, Himesh mm. Patel, Gemma Arterton. Ar- he's done a Terry and, uh, Pratchett Hilary. novel. Yeah. Mm. Um, and funny. then Blueback, an Australian movie... Uh, with Eric Bana and Mia Wasikowska. Eric Bana, what's Eric <laughs> Very... Bana been up to? What's, what's I feel Eric like Bana? he's on some Amazon series or something. Like, right? Funny yeah, people was, in... was like <laughs> when he was famous. You can't be yeah, that's that's what long time ago. <laughs> well, it's also the most recent time he was famous. Would you believe I mean, that right, I scrolled he's... past this page like five times and was like, "Well, there's no uh, people I've heard of in any of these movies." He was, of course, uh, the star of Dirty John, the uh, podcast adaptation. Uh, he's in the uh, Guy Ritchie King Arthur movie. Uh, he's uh, the voice of Monterey Jack in Chippendale, uh, last year's Chippendale. Um, so, you know, 
he's been around. Uh, and then there's a couple um, of from the collection retrospective movies, including uh, yeah. Gregor Rocky's The Doom Generation and Mark Levin's Slam. Uh, any final thoughts on Sundance before we get to my Winnipeg? Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, I'm, I need to do some more digging into like what premieres are going to be online and what aren't. I know most of them. Right. Um, yes. But I do think like, I think the U.S. Dramatic Competition, a lot of those sound really interesting to me. So I think I, you like, and like I said, like pick, pick like a couple of, uh, of next titles out of a hat, look at look in some of these other ones that like pick log lines that sound interesting. I think you could curate a really fun festival at home. Yeah. From these options for sure. Uh and I uh hopefully will be able to do so. We'll see uh how much uh time and money I end up having to devote to that mm-hmm. this year. But uh I certainly would be would like to see several of these things. So Yeah. Well with that I take you to our conversation on my Winnipeg. All right, and we're back. We hope everyone's very excited for that Sundance lineup. Uh, yeah. And now we're going to talk. We're going to do our last Listener's Choice episode of the year uh, and discuss right. uh, Guy Madden's 2007 film, My Winnipeg. Right. Or rather, Donor's Choice. We want to. We want. do want to emphasize yes. that this benefit gotta, is afforded yep. to... Recurring donors on mm-hmm. our coffees. So That's right. If you want to be in the mix for next year, n- what a great time. It's the holiday season, a uh-huh. great time of giving. That's right. Pledge a recurring gift to Can I Kick It. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah. What you can do. You may have seen our Giving Tuesday tweet. Sure. I didn't. <laughs> Certainly, whoever is doing that should make a note right now that we need to do that. So. Yeah, I, uh. I, I know what I'm saying when I say things like okay. that. Great. <laughs> and then, yeah, our uh, to become a donor, you can do it at coffee.com slash kniko-fi.com slash c-a-n-n-e-s-i. Yeah. Yeah. So... Our listener choice, our donor choice this time around, as Jesse said, is my Winnipeg. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Guy Madden. Sure. Jesse. I mean, I am. I would say, I, I guess I'm mostly familiar with the portion of his career that starts with this film and goes after it. Because the. Sure. He's made a few movies since this, but the big ones are The Forbidden Room uh, from 2015. Uh, which is like uh kinda uh, you know, old movie pastiche thing that's like got this like very nested narrative, has like a bunch of different like weird kind of famous actors in it. I think Isabella Rosalini's in it, who he's worked with a number of times. Uh and then his most recent feature is The Green Fog, which I believe we actually talked about on one of our early episodes, because I had seen it at some point in the past, and it was finally getting 
a digital release uh during early covid and that's the one that's like uh all uh footage from other movies uh from san francisco it's a remake of vertigo and so it you yeah. know like this movie i think is fairly rep it's very representative of like where he goes after but i think like the way it looks is like pretty representative of how the movies he's made over his career is look like i i know i've seen uh the short it's called i think the heart of the world which is from like 2000 yeah. uh you know he started directing in like the late 80s he had a movie called uh tales from gimli hospital that there was a restoration of at tiff this year uh that's one of his very early movies uh and so yeah i don't know i mean like i think a lot of them uh, you know there have been similar themes that he's dealt with he has a movie called cowards bend the knee from 2003 which is about hockey uh the saddest music in the world is like the main collaboration he has with isabella rosalini i think uh but yeah he, he's someone who i like a lot he's someone who i kind of have always meant to dig more into and uh had only seen these three more recent movies and and more motivated now to actually do that now having seen this one again. Yeah, I don't right. has any I'm looking I'm yeah. Go ahead. I'm looking at his filmography right now and I was like I don't think I didn't think I had seen it anything. But Stump the Guesser, did we watch that was a short uh, yeah, we that was that it. for something? I at some it point? was it New York Film Festival in twenty twenty. I have seen that as sure. well. So yeah, we may yeah. have we may have had a screener link to that. Uh, yeah, and yeah. he started, I think, with The Forbidden Room, he started working with uh, Galen and Evan Johnson, who have co-directed that, and I think The Green Fog and Stump the Guesser, I believe all of those. Maybe they aren't both credited as co-directors on all of them, but I think he's worked with them since this movie a lot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and does anyone else have any familiarity with Madden? I, don't know. I had only been like aware of Forbidden uh -huh. Room when it was uh, out and yeah. showing up on year end list, and uh, I'd seen Heart of the World previously. Sure, yeah. That that's like yeah. an easy like. I think it was on Criterion Channel at one point. A lot of his movies yeah. have been, but that's just like nice, easy, short to watch. The um and I and I've also been like you know aware of the green fog mm -hmm. and um but never had seen one of his features. Yep. Uh, I, I guess we should like describe the style sure. a little bit. Yeah. Like, so we sort I of mean, at it. I mean, I can say we can say that like what this movie is is it's this right. kind of quasi-documentary that uh i mean the way it functions is actually uh a lot like this sort of very popular braided essay thing where it's going back and forth between specific memories of his and then also this weird bit where he's recreating things from his childhood and then more right. general winnipeg history i believe it was right commissioned as a documentary and then 
he did this. Right. It is like the documentary right. channel presents it or yes. whatever. Which like that, yes, Canadian that, I mean, like, there are a lot of right, things yeah. that are presented as, uh, in a way that they aren't, but I think that is actually a thing that is true. You know, like, the, the woman who is playing his mother, who is presented as his mother playing herself as a younger person, is not actually his mother. Sure. Uh, but yeah, that is that little bit at the beginning. It is. It was actually commissioned by the documentary channel. And like, yeah, it is. It's uh, told pretty much entirely through narration. That is. Uh, that's another. Like, it is written as first person narration from Guy right. Madden. And I was reading that uh, there. Like, when it was coming out, there would be, like, events where, like, he would read it or he would get someone else famous to read it. But the guy reading it in the the movie is not him. Uh, he's an actor named... Uh, I should remember. It's Darby something. Oh, so he would do, like, a live reading to yes, the movie? I like, yes, that's wow. what it sounded like. Because, uh, yeah, because it is all... The the audio is, I think, basically almost all score and then the narration, and then maybe like other sound effects. But it, it is well, something. There, yeah, that... there's. I mean, there's a lot of stuff of like the mother talking and like. Oh, the, I guess like, there the, is. There is this whole scenes with, the mother with like talking. the other fake kids and like right. Yeah, so that I assume he would have left, but a lot of it is through the narration. It, you know, all of this stuff that isn't the. Uh, uh, the recreation stuff, I feel like, is yeah. the narration. Uh, Darcy Fair is the guy who is playing Guy Madden. Sure. So, yeah, so it is, it's it's narration with, like, and it's very, like, every time there's text on screen, it's really, like, twitching around. Yes. And, like, yeah. it's very, like, quick cuts, a lot of, like, subliminal messaging type stuff yep. where like a word or two will come up for mm-hmm. like a split second while you're watching it um to make you like associate with stuff uh-huh. uh and it's all like it's mostly black and white uh there is some yeah color footage yeah because uh, like the i think a really lot of the color out. footage comes in when there's the documentary footage of the hockey the arena hockey being arena. destroyed yeah. but there is a little like there's the bit where they, he's talking about orange jello and there's some orange but yeah mostly black and white uh and like a lot of these things uh the green fog he's mostly not doing that stuff but his other movies mostly look like this the things that andy was describing are ways that his movie looks i think forbidden room is similarly some in black and white and some not uh mm-hmm. and i think he's worked in both of those modes before i think i think the heart of the world's also black and white but yeah the like title yeah. cards the like kind of twitchy thing that's all like his stuff very much right so yeah i mean yeah i guess it really it does really simulate like old timey yes. like uh projector stuff and like yeah all the footage yes. feels old um which is like it, yeah it's 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 harkening back to the past in a very interesting it way, is given the, the actual content of the film right and yeah i was gonna um, say it's funny for this movie because some of the like the winnipeg history movie i think that uh, the the point at which that start does starts does kind of coincide with very early cinema like he talks about Winnipeg as a city being a pretty recent development but like 
he was born in the late 1950s. This is not what movies looked like when he was a child, uh, which is interesting. Sure. Uh, but, you yeah. know, I think it is, it, you know, that's not a criticism. It's just like, that's his aesthetic and it's what he's using. And I think it is, uh, I, I would imagine that it might be like still like he saw movies that looked like this when he was a child would be what my assumption would be. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, I was really struck by the interplay of, like, personal stories mm-hmm. with just the more broad history. Like, I think that yes. is, like, maybe the most interesting thing about the film for me is, like, following the, like, curly cues is, like, oh, now I'm gonna go spend, like, 15 or 20 minutes on the hockey team or whatever. Uh-huh. And then, like, now I'm gonna spend, like, 10 minutes on, like, the time my sister hit a deer or what. Like, like right. there's, like... When it, like, chooses to, like, sit down and, like, dig into a story uh-huh. is, like, hard to predict and hard to, to track and, like, what's coming next, especially. It is, like, it's 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 really interesting to sort of see how that goes in and out of, of, of a lot of different, different areas. Yeah, I mean, I do think there are, like, several really good, like, sequences where he is digging into a thing, like the hockey sequence that you were talking about. And that's one that is kind of... Uh, that, that's one that's closer to the end that's sort of more, like, mixing the personal and the bigger thing, because it is the bit about the history of hockey in Winnipeg and how they're this, uh, destroying, uh, knocking down the stadium, and also that it was maybe a mistake for them to have joined the NHL. He's got a little bit of a, a gear to grind with them. Uh, but then there is also yeah, this know. bit that, like, it's unclear, again, like, how much of this is real about, like, his father maybe having worked in... Some of it's obviously exaggeration. Like, I'm sure he was not literally born in the hockey arena, but uh, that his father was maybe involved in that somewhat. I do believe his Wikipedia page says his father was the general manager. Okay, so that makes sense. But it it is certainly playing with like what is real. What yeah, is yeah. Uh, and then yeah, I um, don't know, like another really great sequence is the uh, the dance seance. I think is really really uh, just like visually kind of stunning. Yeah, yeah. There is all- yeah. A lot of supernatural. Yes. Yeah. He talks about how there's the the fork in a river, and then there's a a legend that there's also a fork in under in two underground rivers below that. Yeah, I mean, it's like trying to capture. I guess his sort of idea of what Winnipeg is. It's. Mm -hmm. It is sort of interesting trying to like reconcile what my thoughts on what Winnipeg are now having seen this because I'm just like <laughs> it's cold there's some weird stuff in it but I don't know if that's just him uh, <laughs> the, 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 I like the section about the Eden Center I like yes. just the footage of all of that getting broken up and built up and then the, the, them building the hockey stadium that is too small for them to ever bring the Jets back it's funny mm-hmm. Um, all the stuff in the train with him just like trying to fall asleep. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's the, the kind of sort of being. Yeah, the movie sort of being framed mm-hmm. as like trying to leave Winnipeg behind uh-huh. and just like how it's sort of a place that will just trap you there. Yeah. There's the bit about 
it having the most sleepwalkers in the world and they right. uh they, i think there's that thing about like everyone carries around a key to everywhere that they've ever lived in case they try to go in while they're sleeping uh, and like right. i do yeah. like and... i do think that like the sort of framing stuff at the beginning i do just sort of like love the prose there of just like the way the narration is written it's like very sort of poetic there's a lot of repetition in the early going and somewhat throughout the film of like the forks and uh i i really love that stuff as well as the sort of more like sequency stuff yeah the the whole like weird meta narrative about them like hiring actors yes. to play his family so he uh-huh. can have... yeah that's the stuff that I think, yeah, I, I like that I, the individual stuff that I most responded to. Uh-huh. Is like, yeah, those recreation scenes, like they're, the, the film opens with him yes. like feeding his fake mother lines or whatever for her uh-huh. to deliver um, from off screen. Um, yeah. The, the whole thing about like, she wanted the father to be a part of it. So they like, <laughs> right. Recreated his corpse and buried it in the living room or whatever. Yes. Like it's is is really funny. I think yeah. and like never the, returned to. Uh huh. Um, the landlady who like yes right who owned the half who just like who, decided to, at the last minute she didn't want to leave. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh the 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 one dog being recreated by the other dog yes. like a chihuahua being played by a pug, pug is funny yeah, to me. Toby They're, like trying to and he, out the carpet right and he, and he like yeah. keeps saying like dead dead Toby. Right, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like, it gets, like, it's examining the psychological stuff. He, like, he keeps also framing it as, like, an experiment. Like, he's yes. in scientific terms. He's right, talking about yes. How he's talking about He's trying it. to, like, uh, do something for himself and his mother in regards to, like, recreating his childhood to unlock something for him and, and, and her. And, like, focusing in on yes. these important scenes from this important year or whatever. He's like, 1963 is the year that I have to go back to. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And he's, like, using yeah. the scientific terms to describe it. But, like, whenever you get, like, a glimpse at the data he's taking, it's just, like, tally marks. Like, it's, you know, intentionally unclear, yeah. like, what he could actually possibly be getting out of this. Yeah. And it's, like... Uh this the sort of like silent movie or like very old hollywood style mm-hmm. is sort of an interesting way to recreate it cuz right. it's like it sort of has the like weird distancy like off-putting vibes of like a lynch thing of just like recreating of right. just like that weird distance between known modernity that exists because of the voiceover versus like all of the stylistic choices being made to recreate and present all of it mm-hmm. and, like how right. off-putting that can be yeah oh yeah. that and like i went I... go ahead i went into this like not knowing like not knowing anything about like what it would be like or anything mm-hmm. like that and like so i was like you know a little skeptical but like willing to buy sort of everything is like plausible or whatever <laughs> 
up until they get to the point where they talk about Ledge Man, the, the, uh, <laughs> right. the daily soap opera about yes. a guy who's constantly uh, threatening to commit suicide, and his mother played the mother yes. on that on that on that soap opera every day. Yeah, she every day had to talk him down off uh-huh. the ledge, and I was like, okay, so this is like what this is is like. Yes, it's going into like that that, that like, heightened fantastical. Area. I don't know. I was like, maybe Canadian television was just really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I gotta go see that lake with the horse heads. Yeah, that's another, a bit, that's another bit I was gonna mention. It was Surrealist, like the weird, yeah. yeah, where the the horses like escape and they freeze, and then the throughout that winter, the horse heads are just sticking out of the lake, uh, and then there's a big baby boom the next fall. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. It is sort of, I mean, the footage is all great. Mm-hmm. It is sort of when, because I think the only thing that is like not in black and white is when they do the hockey stuff. Or There's the like a little video. bit of color that seeps in. I feel like that's maybe the first thing that's not black and white, and then it kind of occasionally seeps in after that. Yeah, it, it just has like a very interesting relationship with just uh-huh. like, the distance it has its audience yes where it's just like some i'm gonna mix real stuff from my life with real stuff from winnipeg with fake stuff from my life with fake stuff from winnipeg yeah like a a sort of false framing narrative inside of another false framing narrative but they're both like capturing some sense of what being in winnipeg really feels like which is Mm -hmm. that it's just seemingly just like really cold (laughs) yeah Everybody's locked in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, appreciate it sort of as a movie about, um, you know, uh, very obviously, like, trying to leave your hometown and the sort of struggles that come with that. But then also, um, as someone who, like, moved around a lot, <laughs> I am very fascinated by the idea of people who have, like, uh, hometown pride and, like, even him talking about how, like, at the beginning, setting up, like, how hard it is to get away. And, like, even the people who win this treasure hunt never leave. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. He's like, I don't need that. I can just, I buy a ticket and I'm leaving or whatever. Um, but then also having such a love for the city, for, like, the tall tales that come with it. Uh-huh. And it's, like, own personal mythology and i do think there is something to the idea of like cities being (laughs) alive places that with their own energy and like uh winnipeg being this sort of folksy town where i mean like the thing that is most fascinating to me which is just like uh just like a fun fact about winnipeg essentially is the if day thing where it's like right during world war ii they paid actors to dress up like nazis and stage an invasion uh and uh, as like a this is how bad it could be if this happened it was called if day mm-hmm. which is crazy uh and it was like a, a setup to get people to buy war bonds yeah um it's like interesting the uh-huh. style uh is grading at times for me the uh it's it, a lot it's sort for of, a feature i do think yeah sure. yeah it, it, it it's reminiscent of 
sort of uh, montage things that we've covered, like, recently. Um, right, we talked about... Tra- train Again. Yes, I, um, I brought up Guy Madden when we were talking about Train Again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it is it, it does have that energy, which is the stuff I prefer. A lot of the stuff that I'm listening to is the stuff on the train, uh, just uh, visually speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I find, like, uh, the sort of puppetry, shadowy, like, cutout style... Is like one of those things where uh, it is so quirky that it being like off one inch of like what it needs to be can just be something that rubs you the wrong way. Uh, and this happened to do that with me. Um, but for the most sure. part, I do think yeah. it is like interesting and engaging enough uh, an experiment and a sort of uh, respectful reminiscence of like his hometown and where he's from yeah uh, I don't and know. obviously his issues with his family <laughs> right yeah i mean i don't know there's stuff on the train that i really love like there's some uh rear projection stuff i think with his mother looking into or the the fake mother looking into the train that i think that looks really cool i i bet i think i'm all, this is also just like a style that is not really apt to great on me uh, the one, sure. I mean, the the thing that stood out to me as a potential criticism is it feels like there, there is, uh, there's sort of an awareness on his part that it is, like, weird to, like, tell this story of this place without acknowledging that the physical land was stolen, and so there is some acknowledgement of indigenous people, and it feels... It, it feels very cursory in a way, which I think is partially just, like, the way that we were thinking about that was different 15 years ago than it is now. Yeah. And, like, there is an element of, like, the story that he is telling because so much of it is so personal. It, like, makes sense that he is telling the story that is what actually influenced him. I just think that when he does kind of try to bring in the indigenous knowledge it's not it's there there's a bit of clumsiness there of just like not feeling clear on like how much a part of the story that should be no for sure it's like that's sort of where the the more the weirdness comes in of yes. just like trying to blend your own personal right. experience yes. of like it, trying to create a historical vibes based document of like what yeah. you what the city is where there will just be some things that end up getting end up just like not having been part of his point of view that just get erased or mm-hmm. like forgotten about yeah but um yeah, and, and like I said, like, it, it, it is also, like, a thing with this style is it is, like, you can zone out and then, like, miss an entire section. Sure. But, like, when you come back in, you're basically fine because it's, like, not, like, yes. it's, like, too, like, interconnected and, like, building on itself or, like, whatever. Like, right. there's certainly a lot of that, like, echo. There's stuff that echoes, but it's yes. not, like, you're, you're, like, not, like, I have completely lost my bearings and I have no idea what's happening. It's just like the same thing is continuing to happen mm-hmm. and you missed some of it. Like, it's yeah. sort of the, 
the thing. And so, yeah, I mean, I guess like it would be curious. I would be curious to see something like this in a theater or 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 um or in a sure. space without distractions or whatever. Uh-huh. How how much I would end up locking in with it for the entire runtime, mm-hmm. or how much my like attention span would be challenged sure. for that, and I would like be thinking about like oh what should i do for dinner tonight or or whatever like during during sections mm-hmm. um uh but yeah i you know it's it is and so you were saying that this was like kind of the the first big thing that was in this style for him jesse no, that, no 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 I, just no. that no i think it is very of uh i i'm much less familiar with his work from sure. before this but i think stuff. it is very much building on that Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it is inter- Like, it's interesting to think about how you can have a style like this and then develop it into a career where mm-hmm. it is, like, so plainly, like, not commercial. Like, well, that. He also turns his his movies into, like, installations and a lot of Right, like, I think, yeah. Uh, sure. He's worked uh, in a more. also a, a book. Yeah. Like, yes. It's. It's sort of like the a pitch upon thing where he views it. I feel like, at least from my my perspective, it it reads as a much more of like a artistic object than just a yes. Film. He's like, certainly uh, like f- functioning within art worlds in a way that most yeah. filmmakers do not. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and that but that is interesting to me. Then how that like can then like. It ends up on, like, Criterion Channel or whatever. Well, sure, I mean, it, yeah, is on, the... it is on, like, a streaming service for movies or whatever, yes. like, right? And so it is interesting that, like, something straddling those two yes. worlds. and, and like, like... What the expectations yeah, are. Yeah, and, like, that for... was actually, I think, most interesting for me with uh, The Green Fog because I think he is uh, dealing with appropriation of image in a way that, like, I might have expected could not function in the more commercial space just because of how much footage he is directly taking from, like, famous movies. I I was surprised when that showed up online because it took a long time. I think it premiered in, like, 2018. It had maybe even been commissioned by the San Francisco Film Festival, uh, and then I saw it later that year, and it wasn't until uh, uh, 2020 that it popped up on Criterion Channel. I was surprised that they had been able to figure out how to make that work. That felt like more of a thing that could only function as, like, an art object. Just with the rights issues. Yeah. Yep. And with that... <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, any closing thoughts? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like it a lot. I love the movie. I yeah, think it's right, great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's worth watching for sure. Yeah, it's 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 interesting for yeah. I'm yeah right. I'm not sure I have an emotional reaction to it. Is like I guess the thing like it just sounds like you are having Jesse. Where um, like I don't I don't necessarily find it like exciting or anything. I'm just oh, like, I mean, okay, I certainly like, find working... it exciting. Yes. Right. Yeah. Or, or I'm just sort of like, oh wow, you're able to to like maintain the style for a whole feature like i find that very interesting and like intellectually but like it doesn't yeah yeah i mean like i yeah when you said emotional reaction like i'm not sure that i'm necessarily like engaging 
uh, like, with the film necessarily certain emotionally, but, like, yes, I do, like, I find this filmmaking very exciting. Like, I think I said that, like, the the thing that maybe excites me most is actually the writing. I think that the, like, uh, the sort of just tone of the narration, I think, is really, really wonderful. Uh, so, like, yeah. I was like, this narration sounds a lot like Alec Baldwin's Tenenbaum's narration. <laughs> Little just the bit. voice, I was just like, sure. the voice is what made me be like, there's no way that Guy Madden sounds like this. this <laughs> yeah, no. Too yeah. Good. He, he does not. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think I, I think it says on Wikipedia that there is a DVD that has some footage of one of the performances where he was narrating it, so I would be curious to see how that uh, sounds, but yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, I do. I think it's really wonderful. I hopefully this will be the uh, the kick in the butt to check out some of his older stuff. I guess I don't know if the, maybe the uh, Tales from Gimli Hospital uh, restoration will come out digitally at some point next year. And yeah, like I know he has stuff going like on and off of Criterion Channel and Movie and all those places. Sure. I mean, I also want to check more. I like this. I certainly I mean, as I talk with when he talks about train again, I am uh-huh. I am finding <laughs> right. this kinds of thing a lot more engaging to watch than like most normal movies. Yeah, basically, and like I think the Forbidden Room. It's easier for me to imagine finding someone finding that movie annoying than this movie annoying. There's like more kind of kitsch to that movie. Than there is to this one. Uh, uh, so, at least per the Wikipedia, it says that the uh, the voice is Madden in the movie. Uh, I that mean, it, that's... But maybe this is wrong. It's Yeah, that's not true. Yeah. Because it does sound like him in his criterion called the video. And that the guy, uh, what's his name, um, Darcy Fair... It's only the, the the body. Oh, maybe. It could be. I guess that's possible. Yeah, um, maybe. This is just per this is just per Wikipedia. No, if that's like... what it is po- yeah, that's possible. I didn't think about that the voice and the body might be different. But he did like you were saying, Madden did right. do um the live narration at like film festival screenings yeah. rather than playing it as okay. a trick. That's okay. That makes more sense. Or not yeah, that also would make sense. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. That seems a, a very plausible way that this film could be presented, for sure. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Darcy Fair is playing Guy Madden. I see. In like in the... <laughs> yeah. Like in... The, I guess, like, the just... Train? I guess the just, train. Yeah. Because, like, he's never in the recreation The young stuff. version. Yeah. Right? I guess you sometimes see, like, his hand or something. I don't maybe. Maybe. I mean, no. yeah. It, it's... Yeah. It's it's interested in the, the okay. family. Yeah, um, the rest of his family. Yeah, that scene where they're like harassing the mother <laughs> to make them food is really crazy. Yeah, where she's scared of birds. Uh huh. Oh, and there's yeah. the he he has the bit in the narration about how uh, they went to Minnesota to visit the friends and they had uh, a seventy five year old mining bird and she smacked it onto the floor and killed it. 
Uh, yeah. 75 years gone like that. Right, yes. yeah, so, yeah, a real meditation on, on longevity at that moment, for sure. Uh-huh. But yeah. Strong pick, uh, donor. <laughs> yes, thank you, donor. Uh, it was re- glad to have an <laughs> opportunity you, to discuss donor. it. And like I said, like this is not something <laughs> thank that I Thank you, would... my podcast! <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said thanks, my podcast. Um... Uh, check out our Twitter feed from like three weeks ago now if you want to find out what we're talking about with that. Um, yeah, I, I do. It is this is the sort of thing that does. Yeah, it requires like either like an open festival slot or one of our listeners to like get me the kick to like watch this sort of thing. Uh, and I do often uh, have yeah. an interesting uh, experience with it. So yeah, twenty twenty three is going to be the year that we get Andy all in on experimental film. Every episode is only going yep. to be something like this. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Great. Yeah. I'm definitely going to run out of things to say very quickly if that is the case. I feel no, like. you'll or find maybe things. You find more than ever. Yeah. Sure. You find yourself inspired by something. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the podcast will get more experimental. Right, yeah. We'll just release just my audio track <laughs> or something. Experimental like podcasting is an interesting idea. Yeah, we'll, Maybe we, we'll do we, a month. We start. We'll do a month where we release each of our audio tracks from one episode. We don't want to give. We don't want to give too many pick. of our tricks away. Yeah, and you would do a month where we each get to pick an experimental form and <laughs> for, do the episode around that. Sure. Great. We'll figure it out. Yeah. I can't wait to get a spreadsheet together to figure out how this works. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to forget about this and then just talk about some normal movie. No, Um, you can't say this and then have me forget it. You made a mistake if you thought we were going to not do this. Um, I'm going to write a script for the entire podcast. (laughs) Everybody's going to have to read. Great. All right. Do we well, special, special presentations? Pre- yeah, let's do that. I can go first. Uh, Confess Please. Fletch. It's so funny. It's really good. Check it out. Yeah. Fletch. Have you seen the first Fletch? No. I. This is my lost. first uh, experience with the Fletch character. With Fletch, yeah. Fun character, yeah. Uh, I love Marcia Gay Harden in that movie. I am so yeah, obsessed she's, with how she talks. She's Fletch. quite funny. Yeah. Um, uh, Andy, what's Andy her name? Andy Annie Mumolo, also really, really funny in her scene. Sure. Um, Andy, what do you want to plug? Uh, sure. I will say, I recently uh, treated myself to a little theater viewing of the film Spirited, starring Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds, and I was like really knocked back by it. I thought it was like really well put together. Like it's, it's like much deeper and more like thematically interesting than I was expecting. Like it's actually interested in taking the Christmas Carol sort of shell and going in like a different direction with it and like examining it from a different angle. I don't think it all totally works, but it's like the best use of Ryan Reynolds I've ever seen where he's just playing an unredeemable asshole business executive. Uh, It's got, um, uh, Octavia Spencer has like a really good supporting part I think and like is finally you know she's someone who I often feel struggles to hi- find roles worthy of her talents and I feel like this one is um, and yeah it's got like a lot of really fun and exciting musical numbers in it uh, Pasek and Paul did the music 
as directed by Sean Anders. I think it's yeah, well worth seeking out for your holiday. Uh, I think it it um it's it's something that I look forward to adding to my holiday rotation for for years to come. Uh, so Apple TV Plus is spirited. Maybe you finally give Daddy's Home Two a chance now that you're hot on Anders and Farrell's uh, Christmas collabs. Well, that movie stars Mel Gibson, so I don't want to watch it because he's yeah, not not worth engaging with. But um, I do like Instant Family a lot too. That's also a good movie. Uh, so Anders has hit for me before, but this is, uh, yeah, I think, and I think it looks really interesting. It's like really like got a lot of interesting colors and there's like some dodgy CGI that they're like shot in Boston and they have to make it into New York and some of that doesn't like look great, I think, but like the, like a lot of the sets and stuff are really cool and it's invested in the, like the process mechanics of how these hauntings work in a, in a fun way. So yeah, there's just a lot that I found really exciting about it anyway. Uh, next up, Emilio. Uh, I watched Hable Con Ella, Talk to Her, the Almodovar movie, and it's really good. I really like that guy. He makes good movies. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, speaking of guys who make movies, I watched War Horse. <laughs> War Horse. And, uh... It's sort of the West Side Story 2021, but for, like, A Quiet Man or, like, some other Ford movie or, like, you know, uh, some uh, David Lean or, like, Palin Pressburger. It's, like, the most classic sort of old style that um, mm-hmm. Spielberg gets, as far as I've seen. Um, and I think it's great. I think it is just like exactly what it needs to be insane 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 looking uh kaminsky just never fails and like here getting these vistas there's like insane shots of at the end of like the shadows against the sunset and it's like bright bright orange it's so crazy yeah uh, shots reflected in a horse's eye the horse acting is ridiculous it's so good how good the horses are it's crazy uh, how do they get the horses to be so good in this movie about yeah. a horse uh, the, uh, yeah. the amount of the amount of footage where i'm like this has to be cgi there's no way they got a horse to do it and it right. is mostly a real horse is crazy yeah um, and like also like the amount of horses that are in it, like, they do a great job of, like, helping it make sure that you know, like, which horse is which whenever you're talking. Like, there's, like, a lot of, like, complications that come from telling a, telling, making a movie about a horse. And I think it handles all of those challenges with aplomb. And you know what? It's 2 hours 28, but it flies by. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's real episodic. So, like, if you wanted to break it up, there's, like, a lot of sure. natural, like, pause points or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I agree. It's It's wonderful. There's incredible... Uh, sequence where the horse is crossing no man's land just like Ooh. one of the best of spielberg's careers it is like crazy pure action filmmaking as far as like the horse is just still going and you can't believe it though the way the horse runs is absolutely insane and then yeah scene yeah uh, and then all the flares and everything going up behind it it's crazy yeah um yeah war horse great great movie and then i guess with that yeah um follow us on twitter at can I kick it and look in our bio to see our link tree where you can see all of our other links. Yep. And sign up to be a recurring donor. If you want a yes. chance to pick an episode next year. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Clatchley, C-L-A-T-C-H-L-E-Y. At Andy T. Germ, A-N-D-Y-T-G-E-R-M. 
Uh, I'm left alone. You know how to spell those words. Uh, J C P G L I C K W E B B E R. Uh, our theme song is by Tree Related. Oh, so true. You can find on Spotify. Uh, and with that, I will release our audience. Bye. Bye. Bye.